Hey, there he is. Hey. What's up? Here I am. All right. Uh, should we give Boris a minute? Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, I just got... I just got done watching the uh, the library episode of Seinfeld. So that was the one with the library cop. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Yep. I, was, I think that's uh, early season three or so. Somewhere in yeah. there. Yeah, well, the thing is, when I binge him, like, I just lose track of time. Like, what's where yeah. and where's what, just because everything just it's, bundled It's together. really easy. It's really easy to just watch five of them in a row and suddenly... Yeah, it's like 20 minutes. Like, you can just turn them on and do whatever you want in the background. Just Yep. And actually, around. a couple of days ago, I watched uh, the one with the dog, uh, which I love for that line of... Uh, and we have a neighbor who, you know, I like her dog, but he's really, really loud and obnoxious. And yeah. there, are times, there are times when I've wanted to stick my head out the window and just be like, shut up, Farfold! Shut up! <laughs> oh yeah. But, hey, yeah. He's connecting. Yeah. Yeah, God. I get uh, I get slow Facebook notifications for some reason today. Uh yeah, it happens with my phone sometimes too. If I like when I first turn it on, they're kind of slow. Um so okay. So let me uh Welcome to the B-Team Podcast. Uh, my name is John Macy. Today we are here to review the latest episode of Star Trek Prodigy. I am joined by my regular co-host for that, Boris and Milos. Say hello, boys. Ladies first. Don't be shy. <laughs> Age before <laughs> beauty. Yeah. Wait, aren't you older, though, Boris? Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay. I, I meant in the opposite direction, though, since ah. you're older than both of us. so. Yep, that's true. <laughs> okay, so this week's episode was titled Dreamcatcher. Uh, I suppose we should also get into the some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that came out this week. We did, Milos, you and I did cover this on the Doctor Who pods. Sort of, but, well, we but, mentioned uh, it, yeah. If somebody's listening to this and not those, we should at least mention that uh, this show did get a season two order from Paramount Plus this week. Um, For sure. So there will there will be more of this. What we did not know, and what we had sort of assumed incorrectly when we first started doing these, was that this was only going to be a, a ten episodes a season show. Apparently, it's twenty. Um, and they're basically just going to release them in little blocks, I think, because the first block ends next week and then comes back in like early January. And then they said the the other 10 are going to be early 2022. Or yeah, basically point. what we're thinking is they're going to be fillers in between the actual Star Trek shows. Oh, so like when Discovery comes out next yep. week, it'll go yeah. away. And then that's yeah, how it's looking like what's look like. Which basically gives Justin just enough time to actually catch up. Yeah, except I don't think he will. <laughs> Probably. The one the one we might be able to get him to do is lower decks. I think yeah, there's that, I would that would be fun because I would have to rewatch the whole first season. Yep. And second season just for fun. Uh yep. that would be a nice binge. And he did actually I believe he did actually watch the go back and watch the prodigy pilot. Because he did say, I did see him say something like on one of our posts for that. He did say something like, "Oh, this is a, an effective Trek show yep. for children." Yep, yep. He for did sure. mention it. So and I think, I think, something. 
Yeah, I think this week's episode also shows how kid kiddie this show is. Right, but it's still for me it still worked. Like Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. So we'll get into the plot real quick. Again, I'm going to try to make make sure that the plot summary is shorter than the actual episode was, which I think for as simple as some of these plots are, isn't all that hard to do. Um, so this essentially picks up right after the uh, last week's episode with the Dwarf Star thing. Um, what I was also kind of surprised by is how it seems how serialized this show is going to be. Um, uh, yeah. Like, I was kind of thinking with a kid's show, they wouldn't do that. But it's clearly, at least so far, every episode picks up directly from the last one. Um, yeah, especially with the ending. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is a spoiler. I don't mean to, you know, jump from the beginning to the end. But with the ending, they're definitely, you know, in for some serialized stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's way more serialized than I thought a kid's show was going to be. Um but yeah, we're in spoilers, obviously. Well, that's really a good uh, thing. I mean, yeah, it's a good thing. But when you look at it, and even uh, you know, sorry to jump in front of you like this, but when you look at it, like when even when Jane May goes into explaining, like uh, what a tricorder is, what a M-class planet is, you know, what a phaser is, that was like really when you look at it from the perspective of a kid who's watching this for the first time. That's pretty cool. Like, you're not just going like, oh, something's happening, but I have no idea what's happening. Right. They're actually explaining stuff, which is really cool. I also, I also like the fact, and maybe this is just another way of saying what you said, but they seem to be finding ways to, like, you know, they're clearly putting in, like, explanations of what a lot of these things are for the younger audience in case, like you said, they've never seen anything else before. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but, but for do- a lot of those things, I, I think it's unnecessary. I mean, M Planet. Yeah, but- M class well, planet. He, sure, look at it as a not kid. So much. Like you're a five year old kid who has no idea what's going on, and maybe even with the explanation, you're not gonna fully stand. But it's basically drawing your attention. Yeah, trying I mean, to, you know, it's getting I, you like to, in a way, interact with what's going on. Yeah, which really shows, I think, the amount of effort they're putting into the show. Yeah, they're not just. Even when the way the timeline goes with each episode is like they they continue off one another. They don't do time jumps or completely different things in like from episode to episode, but they have a yep. continued storyline, which shows like the you know, and it got picked up for season two. So now you're looking at it, it's like they're building towards something and they want to have a really good solid base for people who are just tuning in. Because for us for Trekkies, this is just like, you know, you don't need an explanation of a, what a phaser or a tricorder or M-class planet is. But for somebody who isn't, they're going to need that stuff, like, to keep on following other stuff that's going to happen. Not necessarily, dude. Even you and I, I mean, we watched the original Trek shows and we didn't know what a phaser was or a tricorder was. Like, you've seen it in action. Uh, so it's like, I don't know. For me, it was kind of unnecessary uh pointing out the fact that the phaser is uh default uh, setting is uh set to stun i found that okay i, I was like sure but well, the way that, they did it was really you know like, because you know make sure you're turning it, it's turned the right way yep it's pointing in the right direction yep. 
I think the one thing that, you know, because I did some research on to, you know, sometimes they'll let some some rating information out when the when they announce like further seasons and stuff like they just did for this. Apparently the big the big reason why they they greenlit another season was this was the highest, you know, and they most of these companies never let out actual direct direct streaming numbers like at all. Yep. But apparently this was the 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 highest the highest streamed original animated thing they've ever had on uh you know obviously they have some older cartoons that they run um but this is the the i'm gonna call it highest rated for lack of a better word uh the highest rated original animated product they've put out on this thing well i mean that doesn't have to mean much i don't know what else they have so yeah that's true it might not be much but still it's a good sign that they you know two two earrings in they're willing to commit to it for another year um so let me just run especially with 20 episodes yeah which is you know if you if we were looking for me like oh they're doing it that's like two seasons of a 10 episode show so it's Yep. Yeah, and they're clearly think, building towards something and planning for the future, which is really I, with a show promising. that's doing that many episodes per year, you would wait a little bit longer to make that commitment, but clearly they're happy with the product. So um yeah. so plot wise, this is right after the thing with the Dwarf Star and they they're kind of wandering around with the space with the spaceship, the protostar, and they come across a class M planet that the Janeway hologram tells the kids they should go explore it. Yeah, you know, can we talk about that for a little while? Just for sure. a second. Yeah, sure. To me, uh, I mean, the whole, uh, the events that unfold, like the way that happened was kind of funny because they were in the middle of, you know, doing nothing because they were bored and whatnot, exploring yep. the ship and whatever. And then all of a sudden there's a red alert, which is a typical Star Trek thing. You know, something, somebody, something happens and they all run to the bridge. And I know because Janeway is there. For some reason, I knew what was going to happen. And I knew it was a total Janeway thing because, you know, she saw an M-class planet that needs to be explored. Right. <laughs> I mean, we, we, I mean, because we talk about Voyager and stuff, and that was one of the things, you know, that uh, was kind of uh, debated on the show among uh, some of the Maki crew and stuff. Like, we don't need to necessarily stop at every nebula, at every right. planet. Everything, everything that we're doing should have been motivated towards getting back to the Alpha Quadrant. And yeah, screw pretty them. much. And so you have a similar situation here where these kids are running away from uh, the... Uh, diviner guy and all of a sudden you know Janeway stops to explore the planet <laughs> yep uh, so and, and even even uh so you know Janeway puts this across to them and doll at first is like no because then if we stay in one place for too long the diviner guy will find us again and that's bad um but he's eventually convinced to do that and they all other than they leave Gwen. Yeah, because they say he, she's gonna notify the Starfleet. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> no adults. We're gonna go explore the planet. Right. So then they leave Gwen in the brig. They leave Murph on the ship because you know I'm not sure why, but they do. Um, well, I think Murph is uh, like a really smart pet. Oh, okay. So then they have, you know, they take out this like. It kind of reminded me of the dune buggy from Nemesis that Picard drove. 
Yep, uh, yep. I was gonna, I was gonna say the same thing. Uh, the only difference, I think, I'm not sure whether the Picard's uh, vehicle had the holographic uh, steering situation. No, I don't think so. But it was kind of a neat little callback, though. I For did sure. get a laugh out of that. Um, so they go onto this planet and. They very quickly all split up, and like Rock Tech is kind of upset because she was like, I thought we were supposed to be doing this together. What are we doing? Um, and it becomes very clear. And one of the things I was looking forward to, or I was hoping they would get into with this, when you because when you read the description, it kind of gets into what the what the deal behind this planet is. Like they each start hallucinating things. Um and it ends up that the planet, and I'm just in the interest of keeping this short, the planet is, there's like a, some sort of sentient organism on the planet that is uh, essentially feeding them their greatest desires so they'll want to stay there. And then, yeah, yeah, and this isn't the first time in the Delta Quadrant that we've encountered the planet or species like this. Yep. So that they'll want to stay there and then the planet will eat them. And then in uh, in the case of each one, like, Dahl sees like his parents, but not like full on. Like it's obviously, I was thinking this was going to be a way to get into each character's individual psychology mm -hmm. as much as you would do that on a children's show. And they do that to a degree. Um, Dahl is clearly like looking for his parents. Um, so that's what he kind of sees. And Rock Tech just like sees like a bunch of cute animals and wants to play with them. Uh, I think the whole idea with this character is that she's kind of going to be the, not that she's stupid, but that she's kind of going to be the simple one that like maintains the idealism and like doesn't really get into all the like. Yeah, the childhood innocence. Yeah, the childhood yeah, exactly. character. Yeah. Um, and then Jankampog just finds like a Tellarite house and just eats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the one I had it's trouble. So hungry. Yep. The one I had trouble understanding was Zero. He just kind of wanders into a hedge maze and finds, like, the engine of the Protostar just sitting there. Yep. I wasn't yeah. Like, I wasn't clear what that was supposed to represent. Like, he just wants to explore everything. I don't... I wasn't sure exactly. <laughs> I think they didn't know that. We gotta give him something. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of... I was kind of thinking that he would not be influenced by the planet. And... I think we we are so unaware of what his species is like and what they do that you know they I'm I'm sure they're trying to build some kind of canon around his species but they're yeah. probably as clueless as we are cuz other than that one other than that one TOS episode that had a Medusa in it they've barely been touched on um so this is this is probably a uh uh an opportunity for this show to set any sort of mythology for this species, really. Yeah. So who knows what they were trying to? Maybe you know he comes from. It's not necessarily hive hive mind, but it's like you know there's a, an AI or something that controls yep. like everything on the home planet yep. or something. So they they leave Gwen on the br in the brig. She's able to somehow establish like a mental connection with some sort of weapon that she had laying around. Yeah, well, she had that little connection with the weapon from before. Okay. So she I, just okay. reason didn't use it until did she any, was alone on the ship. Did anybody else find that it sort of had like a changeling vibe to it? Because it like it in the first episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, changeling vibe, 
I maybe I didn't get that vibe. I think well, it's just technology, you know. For me, it turned into that same color that when it was when it turned into a liquid and started running around through the ship. It was that same color that the changelings always were. I I didn't notice it, but so I was to be honest, like, oh, yeah, this color. Yeah, when yep. it travels to the ship, you can like clearly tell. Yep. Oh, so then she she escapes again, uh, and. She's about to take the, you know, she's about to take the ship while the rest of them aren't on it. And Murph is still there. And while she's about to, and the planet is, you know, the, the organism on the planet is actively trying to keep the ship there. So she's trying to fight that off. But at the same time, uh, Murph is there. And he, as she's finally trying to leave, I think like, Murph gets trapped behind something or is really upset about the circumstances and she decides to uh, like save it rather than she has the opportunity to run and doesn't take it. And uh, but then she does get out in like a shuttlecraft and whatever. And before that, uh, Dahl realizes all the stuff on the planet is bullshit because uh, Janeway shows up on the planet after the actual hologram version of Janeway expressly tells them, I can't leave the ship. Yep. Yeah. So then doll is like, well, that's not right. Um, so what are you really? And then you find out that there's this, there's this being on this planet that wants them to stay there essentially. So it can eat them. And then, um, they, w- he wakes up zero and rock tech and Jankampog and they leave, but they, or they try to leave. They get in the, the like RV thing and they're going towards where the protostar is. And then that shuttle with Gwyn and Murph in it takes off and goes off into a corner. The ship starts trying to take off while it's being tied down by all those plants and it goes flying, flying off. And basically the episode ends with them trapped on the planet. So obviously next week is going to have some sort of cliffhanger resolution. And this will be the last one for, a month or six weeks or whatever uh, while it takes a break for, I guess, for discovery to get off the ground again. Um, So, yeah, yeah, again, I really, you know, this, as much as I have enjoyed this show, it is sort of a, the whole thing is sort of a, I've sort of modified my expectations for what the show is going to be. Um, So I think my bar for whether this is enjoyable or not is a little lower. Um, than any of the live action stuff would be, but I have really, I have really liked what they've done. Um, I did, you know, there are a lot of funny moments throughout. I did notice one of the little callbacks was that they mentioned being in the Herogen sector. Yep. Yep. Which yep. I thought yep. was a yep. neat little, I was hoping we might even see one, uh, but we don't. Well, we might, you never know. Uh, but uh, yeah, as you said, I, I like the fact that they are now stranded on the planet, even though it's kind of confusing to me because, you know, getting off the planet doesn't seem to be, isn't going to be an easy task, especially if the planet, uh, the being on the planet is going to, you know, terrorize them, you know, uh, right. psychically. Yeah, but yeah. now they're aware of what the planet does. And we still don't know what station of the ship and we know that Jenkampa can actually fix it. So, yep. yep, that's true. But and we Vader also know that uh, come to their rescue. We also know that Green contacted the, the diviner, and he probably has their location. 
He's True. on the way. Maybe. He's on and the then, way. Oh, that, was, that was another big moment towards uh, Gwen's eventual turn in that she steps out onto the planet's surface and she sees the Diviner and she thinks he's there already, but she's like, how did you do that? And then yep. Uh, yep. he's actually like nice to her at which point she goes like, this is bullshit. You're well, not the Diviner. You're not my father, yeah. My father, be- and she, she says something say- like, "I'm proud of you," which her dad would obviously never say. And she doesn't say like, "You're no, not no. my father." You're not my father because you're not a dick or whatever. But I mean, obviously, the tone is there of like, he would never say that to me. So obviously, this is bullshit. <laughs> well, I, I kind of half expected her to say like, "You could be my daddy, but you'll never be my father." <laughs> yeah. Yep. The old Yondu, right? Um. I, I did think it was interesting, too, that uh, there's a whole scene between Hologram Janeway and Gwen when she's trying to when she tries to take over the protostar. And she says something about, you know, my father prepared me to be able to do this with this. Yeah. Show. So obviously, trying, you know, yeah, yeah, the diviner has some sort of larger purpose for some sort of goal involving the protostar. Were he able to get his hands on it? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Which is only adding to the confusion for me in a way because yeah. obviously he was aware of a Federation starship being lost. Uh, the Janeway hologram thinks uh, she's talking to the Starfleet cadets. Um, it's very confusing how the how the protostar came to be where it is, and I hope we find out by the end of the season what happened and how it oh, happened. I- I think you have to include that in some way. Um, whether I think it's gonna, must. I think it's whether must. they're whether they're going to really deliberate on it based on like I don't think they want to turn any episode of this kid show into like let's have a fifteen minute explanation of why this happened because that would be really boring. Um, but I do think you have to. It's going to have to be explained at some point. Um, yeah, because they, we already touched on the Federation being way too far away. So yep. and. Janeway hologram threatened with the calling the Federation. They yep. don't want it, but they're not aware that Federation is too fucking far away. Yep. So I, well, I do. guess what? Neither are the kids watching it. So yeah, that's yeah, true. Uh, but I the grown-ups think, are. The grown-ups. Yep, are. I do think that you're. Ba- I think the way they're probably going to dispense that is that, like, over time, you're gonna you're gonna slowly find out more of what the what the diviners aim for the ship is. Yes, and oh yeah. That, as that comes out, you're going to find out, oh, well, this is how this ended up here to begin with. Um, I would wonder if you're going to find out that, you know, uh, since Janeway is the training hologram, that, and obviously she's an admiral now, which we know if you've mm-hmm. seen the, the main timeline nice. stuff. Um, I wonder if she thought there was some value in sending like a trainee ship to the Delta Quadrant because of the fact that she basically saw a a completely mismatched crew kind of come together in that in that environment that maybe she thinks there's like training value to that i have no idea man i i i'm just saying well would she knowingly send the she's gonna end up or in whose hands it's gonna end up well i think you're gonna find out that it had a crew at one point and they all got killed and then, yeah, but there's no blood on the, you know, somebody had to dispose of those bodies and 
hide the ship or whatever you know there's yeah. there's just way too many elements to to consider if you go down that road yeah so that's it, true. it has to be something else it has to be something else like i don't know what but either the crew just disappeared i don't think they were necessarily killed they might have disappeared they might have been you know taken by somebody anybody whatever because if borg found the ship you know they would probably assimilate the ship into one of the cubes or something so right. it's like there's just way too many way too many elements that need to be you know answered and pointed out and discussed um, otherwise it will just be correct. a mystery left unsolved you're absolutely correct and i think that is what you know th- they're aiming this show at children for like the basic concepts and whatever the the mystery and the questions are what are going to keep people like us watching this. Yes. Yes. Um, and also explain, you know, answering those mysteries, like solving them, telling us something, a clue, you know, uh, a holodeck program or something, you know, cause we still haven't, they still haven't gotten to the holodeck yet. And I'm sure there is one. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, also, yeah. Also, uh, it also when I was watching this episode, it reminded me, you know, how Voyager wasn't uh, the only ship in the Delta Quadrant taken by uh, the caretaker. There was another ship taken a few uh, minutes or days before them. Yep. A smaller yep. ship, the USS Equinox, and uh, the design of the ship uh, of the Protostar also reminded me of the USS Equinox. Yeah, it is similar. Just, to just pointing that design. out. It, it, is a similar to the, it is similar to the Equinox design. I hadn't thought of that. Um, but now that you say it, it is very similar. And, you know, the crew of Equinox did some awful, awful things in the Delta Quadrant. And the Diviner could have come, you know, from... The, he might have not known uh, Janeway or met Janeway or heard about it. He might have met the other crew. Yep. Well, that and Voyager had a pretty significant reputation in that area by the time that yes. show was over, too. Yes. So I mean, it's possible. Sure. Yep. Um, yeah. So I'm. I continue to be impressed with this show in the sense of how it sort of, for lack of a better term, how it sort of serves both masters that it has right now. Like, there's enough here for I would think, and I've never watched this with a with a younger person. Um, but I would think that it has enough in it to keep children interested. And there's also enough, even though, you know, my one thing is that obviously for what they're trying to accomplish, this works, but I've sort of the one way in which I sort of tempered my expectations for it is like, Oh, these, these stories are not ever going to be particularly complicated because each one is 25 minutes. Yeah. So like, you're not going to have the depth of character and plots that you're going to get on a 45-minute show. Although they're trying to do their very best to, you know, make characters deep and to, you know, just develop them. And I think they're doing a great job so far. Yeah, but they're doing it in subtler ways to fit in with the time constraint rather than, you know, like in a – in a TNG type show, you might get a 10 minute speech by somebody. Yeah. I think but... that's one of the reasons the original uh, animated series, you know, they kind of weren't all that interesting because they, they didn't have time to do that and they, they didn't know how, and they just kept it, you know, episodical. Yeah. I, that's the one thing I've never been able to get through. I watched a couple of them when I was 
in the uh, TOS part of that marathon I've been doing, and and I just I watched like three of them, and I was like, these are boring as hell. Yes. Oh my yes, god. Yes. Very boring. Very. <laughs> I mean, they're nicely done. The animation is great. I like the original cast. You know, lending the voices, and if you watch, you know, for love of Spock, uh, the documentary about yeah, Leonard Nimo, great. you learned that he had a lot to do with that. And, right. But you know, story and plot wise, it's just not very entertaining. No, and they were they were basically written like episodes of the '60s show, but they had no idea how to do them that short. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, from 50 minutes down to 20, it's just not doable that easily back then. Yep. So, do you think there's any? I mean, and Milos, you had mentioned, I think, when we did the last one that. You know, it it almost works to the show's benefit to keep the cast smaller. Yeah. Uh, do we see at some point down the road that maybe they might come across like other characters that would join the crew for short periods? Maybe like I know they're still. Well, it really depends. Here's the thing. So, w- when we do this podcast, you have to understand that when I comment most of the stuff. I'm going to comment from the perspective I'm a child and I'm watching this for the first time or I'm getting introduced to this world for the first time. And the way I'm looking at it is quite simple. You want to establish your base characters, which you're doing now. These are your good kids. These are your villains. And eventually, they will bring in other characters. They're going to start introducing different species. Uh, They're going to try to expand the universe for the kids right so it's gonna happen now whether they're gonna uh jump on board and join the crew even for a short while or whether it's gonna be a passing through type of situation i don't know how they're gonna pull that off but yes i do expect more characters as the show itself progresses yeah i mean but they'll you- get injured sooner or later they'll need a doctor uh, yeah, that's true. I still uh, think that's when uh, that's George, the biggest idiot of them all, Constanza shows up. Plus, so plus, uh, they may need. Plus, they may actually need the real engineer. You know, uh, yeah. Just Rankin Pog just may not be up for the job. You never know. Yeah, but if you ask Gumpog, if Pog is the Jenkin Pog for the job. Jenkin Pog is gonna say yes. I am the Jenkin Pog for the job. I'm not reaching through my. I'm not reaching through my phone and trying to strangle you right now because I only did it like once. In the, in the last, I just watched. It didn't bother me that much. Uh, well, here's the thing. They didn't really. I mean, as far as the ship itself, they did go through the whole like uh, this is your like you know this is how you fly the ship and everything. But they didn't really go into the technical aspect of how like in-depth technical aspect of how Starship works. So right. and maybe they'll find some getting here at some point, but I think for now they're sticking with uh Jenkin Pog. Yeah, right. I think he's gonna be able to the holodeck fix like most stuff that ends up being wrong with the ship. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's when they find their way to the holodeck too, I yep. think. Now that you said that, Milos, the first time uh, whatever character Jason Alexander is playing shows up, I'm going to be hard pressed not to just yell out, "For I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiot." <laughs> I do, but yeah, yeah, he's yeah. What Seinfeld is just like I forgot. Oh. Yeah, that's a Seinfeld thing. It's not. I proclaim yeah. this the winter of George. 
Oh, yeah. I think, wasn't it the summer of George yes, in the show? Yes, it was, but the, yeah. the Star Trek show is airing uh, fall, winter, so. Yep, true. You gotta adapt. You gotta adapt, dude. Now, you if gotta adapt. Screams, now, if he just screams con for no reason, are we all the way around it? <laughs> <laughs> he does a very good uh, Shatner impression. Yes, he does. Sure. Um was there anything else we wanted to hit in here? I again, I think these episodes are intentionally simple, so I don't know how much. Yeah. Uh, real- oh yeah, I think all this like yeah, it, it's not meant to be complex. Yep. By like I, any stretch of imagination. As much as it's good that I think we're doing these this way, and I do want to continue to do this, I think there's also some merit to the idea of whenever this first season actually does end, if we do like a season wrap-up thing to kind of chart the whole year for this, because it's being given out in such small increments that we're almost not even going to see the bigger picture until the first season ends. Um, well, I think plot-wise, like I think we can always. So after each gap, when we start off with the ne- the next section of the show, we can, can just do, do like, a, a quick recap of like what yeah. happened before. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It would probably be easy to do that. Um, okay, so why don't we cut it here and we'll set up one for Matter of Honor. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We leave, All right, dudes. Yep. Oh, okay, you still hear me. Okay. Yeah, no, you dropped uh, out for a second. You're back now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just uh, the final. I like the fact that we are, as you said, we are in the Delta Quadrant. We are in Herogen Space, which is where the crew of Voyager was in season four. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really hoping we get, and as I said before, also Voyager encountered uh, a few, few times, they've encountered uh, species and planets that. Possessed, you know, dreamlike, uh, dreamlike uh, abilities, capabilities, and they were yep. almost destroyed. They were also stranded a few times, and I'm glad we're seeing this crew going through some of those same things. Yeah, wasn't and kind of, kind of. It's not the same, but definitely similar. And wasn't that I'm really hoping to see how they, I mean, how they escape this planet. Yep. Yeah. Wasn't the Herogen stuff season five? Yeah, yeah, sorry, five, okay. yes, for sure, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yep. Uh, uh, wait, uh, Message in the Bottle is season what, four? Four. Yeah, then that season four was Herogen Space, yep. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right, because that is the start of all that. Um, yes. I am up, I, get good. Yep, I am up to, I did watch a couple Voyagers last weekend, because I know we want to get to Message in a Bottle eventually. Um, I'm up to the Raven. Ah, that's a good seven of nine episode. Yep. So we'll get there. Uh, I figure we can swap the order around some because we had something else we wanted to do more quickly than that. But we'll get to that on the other one. Um, so I'm gonna leave out. You know, normally we promote like other things, and we do have some stuff lined up. Uh, but I'll save that for the other one since we're just gonna record that right away. Um, yeah. So I'll see you guys again in a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Uh, la, la.